AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 
podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel shirt. No. Some little Tinder match. Is that? Oh. No, it's no, it's cow taking a piss out of me about something. <laughs> Not that exciting. Um, I'm joined by John Bass on the line. We've got Alex from Bristol. How you doing, boys? All good, mate. All good. Very um, well, mate. I don't know where to start. I, like, I don't know what the bigger news is. I don't know what, like, this has been the most, in terms of news the, uh, around our football club, I've had so many varying emotions today, and none of them really that good. Like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what 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 the better topic is. I know obviously Jose Mourinho is specific to us, and you know I think everyone got to the point where Alex has already been for many months, um, where we wanted him gone, right? So there's that kind of light relief, but it's just completely overshadowed by this. What is one of the worst things I've ever heard about my football club? I'm ashamed actually that that Spurs are even a part of it. I'm not surprised. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm completely convinced that Joe, that, that um, Daniel Levy and Joe Lewis and uh, the people that own the, the the large part of our football club and the shareholders that have paid in and become investors in the club all want this to happen because fundamentally, as a business, they they um, they get money out of it. It benefits them financially, so they're going to do this. It's in the shareholders' best interests for Tottenham Hotspur to join the Super League, to be a part of it. Like, you know, £300 million a season, plus TV revenue, whatever it might be. Half a billion pounds, someone said, a season. Why wouldn't the owners of Tottenham Hotspur, the this, the PLC, obviously they're going to do it, 100%. And I'm not surprised but it's still fucking shit. It still hurts. Still like, oh man, what is this anymore? Um, what was your What was your take? We will come on to Jose Mourinho. It's just this is my kind of like, this this is bigger in my opinion. What was your What was your take on it, John? I think like everyone else, I, I just yeah, I felt ashamed. I guess is the right word. Just like my initial thoughts were, yeah, ashamed, embarrassed, frustrated, angry about this because for me this is um whether or not spurs are involved it is basically a death nail into the final uh 
form of football as we know it. Like it's been changing for years, and I know there was a lot of fallout when the Premier League was suggested, but that at least had like promotion and relegation, and and ultimately it's just like creating an extra league in in the pyramid. This is a completely whole other beast that ju- just makes it a closed shop for a select few that have just decided based on nothing but financial reasons. There's no other reason for this to create their own breakaway league. And so for me, it's already difficult to really enjoy like the wider game. I follow Spurs. I have a season ticket. I love talking with you boys about it. I enjoy going to the game and being with my friends and everything that comes with supporting Spurs and being Spurs. Actual football and the stuff that goes around it has been really like eking away year by year in my life. I just really don't enjoy it the way that the game has been run. And this is just a massive step up from that where I'm really getting to that point where I'm disillusioned with football in its entirety. And the fact that we're like massively involved in it is also like doesn't doesn't help, right? Because we're now in a situation, and I know we're going to talk about it later, where me, it's a kind of a positive and optimistic moment that's just been crushed by this our, our involvement in this thing. And also, I don't think this is just posturing. I think this is just the beginning uh, of what is going to be a massive shake-up of football. And whatever happens from today onwards or from yesterday onwards, football landscape is not going to be the same, mate. Um, they, they they were talking about that it might be posturing in order to get a better position in terms of you know, TV revenue and, and, and have more control over European competitions and just just tip the balance towards the major clubs. Like, it, there'll be a guaranteed entry into the Champions League. You don't have to qualify. You just have to have a, an audience big enough to get you in there, uh, which is essentially what this is. Like, these the, this Super League that's been, that will inevitably, well, I hope it doesn't, but I feel like this inevitability, inevitable, inevitability. Is that right? Fucking, I'm so tired. Um... <laughs> That that uh, that that, that you, essentially you're they're just taking their combined aggregated audience, and they understand how valuable that is, and they understand that actually the power is with the clubs because the clubs are are where the audience come from. So it's all well and good UEFA going well, you know this is an outrage, you know, and they've got some front and FIFA got some front. Fuck me, how they, how they're now the moral barometer of what goes on in football is beyond me. But anyway, and the, look, Premier and the Premier League. Um, that uh, you know, you, they, they are in a situation where they do own, they own the audience. The audience belongs to the football clubs. It doesn't belong to the Premier League. That's why the Premier League operates out of. It takes 0.5, I think, or 0.7 of the total income that comes into the Premier League. It give, is given that it gets absorbed by the Premier League itself. It's a non-profit, I think, and the rest of the money goes out to the clubs because they understand without the clubs, there's nothing. And really, without the Premier League, without these big six. Six teams, as we know it, the Premier League is not the same. Like, I would be inclined, if I was a, man, a, a fan of another f- football club, just thinking, all right, fuck off, go. Because mm-hmm. football for us will be the same. Like, we might not have some of the players, we might not get some of the revenue, and it will be downgraded, the, the, you know, the, the level of coverage and whatnot, you know. But, but it, in some way, return to the fans. I don't think it's a, the death knell of English football at all. I just think it's, it will change the way, way it is. The shame would be, and the correct thing would be, would be remove every club apart from the Super League from any domestic competition. And for us, as fans, that would be the end, right? Alex, where are you? Um, it kind of came out... I mean, obviously, it did come out of nowhere, but I, I actually didn't really see much about it until kind of very late last night. Um, 
and then obviously listening to all the different stuff this morning. So John's right when it says from a business point of view, you know, if you're strictly looking at, at these clubs as businesses and how they will want to be run, and the fact that the majority of this top six have a huge amount of American influence in them, it's a big step towards an American sports franchise model in terms of, um, in fact, it's actually, it's worse than that because at least the American franchise model have um, you know, the draft system to try and aid competition within the teams that do the poorest every year. Um, baseball actually tried to do something similar to this and they lost a huge amount of ground support within fans and it took them two, nearly three years to, to get it back. But from a business point of view, play, people have said a lot about greed and I, I don't necessarily think it's greed. I think where the greed or where the, the money push has come from is, is players' wages and that type of stuff has gone up and up and up. Football needs saving from itself in that aspect, right? Yeah. So every time the suggestion is made of where players need to... You know, you know, wages need to be capped or or anything around the, the intricacies of finance within the game. It's always met with a no, 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 no. You talk about the Premier League being a non-profit. They lost 500 million quid in 2019. The Premier League is not, it hasn't made money for, for years because of, the, because of what's happening to the sport and the finances within the sport. So now these clubs have been presented with an opportunity to basically, by just, you know, JP Morgan, who have been desperate to try and get fingers in pies in some type of franchise model within football for, for years now, they're now being presented with this opportunity to offset every cost that they've had with COVID for the last year, and then and more so, to be able to, to carry on. And then obviously the, this huge guarantee of of being playing these elite games every every season. So from a business point of view, kind of I get it. They feel like they've missed, they've had stuff calls to UEFA about changing the formats and that type of stuff ignored, and 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 they feel that. The, the, yeah, from a, again, from a business point of view, before we get onto the sport thing, that they obviously feel that this has not been imposed on them, but they feel that this is their what they need to do to get into a position that they feel they, I think, what they feel they deserve to be in. But you know, this this isn't just posturing now. There was a court motion taken out this afternoon to make sure that the that the clubs are protected from the Premier League or UEFA uh, taking extra steps in terms of exclusion and that type of stuff. Um, you've had Ed Woodward and kind of a mass uh, resignation from the uh, UCA, the European Club Association, all gone. The head of that association has left to take up his sporting role with the new Super League. So whatever happens now, it's going to involve a a very embarrassing climb down by one party. And I doubt that's going to be the clubs. Um, And whether it happens now or whether it happens in two years from now, I think you're right. I think there's an, an inevitability of it. And then when you move to the sporting side of things, I mean, it's just gross. Oh, there yes. is no way to describe it because what it does to English football is that it removes the jeopardy from the Premier League. So us winning, you know, us finishing, don't matter. I'm not that fussed about the rest of the game now. Even if we were one point off fourth, wouldn't matter now. Doesn't matter because I know we're going to be playing Barcelona and Real Madrid and stuff next season. So there's that. Then what happens even if we do, even if they did say, right, out you go, the six of you, we'll have it here. That means that six championship teams come up to make the 20 in the Premier League. Okay, so the value, the product of the Premier League is devalued. There'll be sponsorship and TV money that will want concessions for that. That in turn weakens the championship because the championship will lose their six best clubs. That means the Sky EFL bet, um, the Sky and EFL deal could could be completely 
null and void and renegotiate clubs meaning less money and so on and so forth so it can be a massive it's going to be a massive hammer blow to um uh, to the leagues and then as far as my enjoyment of, of football is concerned I'm, I'm with john you know it's ticked away over the last few years even more so under 23s but it, like some of the little things like things like under 23s being in the football league trophy var wembley semi-finals um you know and then this super league and then also obviously us not being at games this year <clears> hasn't <throat> so it's it almost like a trip and the timing is horrific sorry i know i went on about it. I've been no, 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 mate. About <laughs> no 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 it's fantastic uh, alex it's fantastic and um you make like loads of good points there as well but you can go you can you can trace this back further than that like first, the formation of the Premier League in itself mm-hmm. was a step towards this. I get what John said at the beginning that there was an element of there's still an element of competition. The football pyramid isn't changed, but the competitiveness of the football pyramid that has been affected. And you saw a breakout of not just one big club, as you saw a dominant Liverpool during the eighties and and um, and um, you know Spurs in the sixties to some degree, but generally, like glory was distributed across many clubs over a long period. In the 80s, you had uh, a Liverpool dominance and then an Everton dominance. Mm. Um, Spurs nearly won the league in the 80s. You know, it was, it was separated. It was only the formation of the Premier League where money, prize money and, um, and, and the ever-increasing, exponentially increasing um, TV revenue and then the global syndication of the game meant that the Premier League... Essentially, the certain the top six become a closed shop. It it moved towards that. It was a big four, then it came uh, uh, into a big six, and then occasionally you'll get an anomaly, like Everton getting into uh, into the Champions League, and then Spurs, and 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 because of the money, and because there was a revolving door of these three or four clubs outside of the eventual winners of Man United, Man City, or Chelsea. That will continue to to compete in the in the in Champions League. You've got a big six, and this from that point, from all of the the Sky Sports coverage of of the big four and qualifying for the Champions League, you've created a a, a number of clubs in the Premier League that have now have the global audience to then have the power to to move towards something like this. Like they're not, they may not have known, but they're complicit because of how important they made money and how successful they made the brand of football. And that went back to the breakaway league. And it has to be called that because that's what the Premier League was. It broke away from the Football League and became its own entity. And it just included the fact that relegation and, uh, and promotion was possible still. But it was a breakaway league. And this is a breakaway league. And, you know, there was talk about the Premier League uh, or, or this... I think it was even called a Super League back then, you know, when they were coming up with these ideas of what the Premier League might be. Yeah. Um it, it, it's uh, it, it seemed inconceivable. People were talking about it in magazines and in fanzines. You can find cuttings about this, the, the fear of this breakaway project. And then we got used to it. We got used to it because the money was good and the football was better and hooliganism left and women and children were allowed in the game and all of the great things that, that football give us. But it also sold something. Um, and that was a bigger audience. But what it but what it did do at, at at the time, right, was was people were fearful of of, of a relative closed shop, right? But to, to to look at it on the other side, the Premier League the Premier League as to what it is now has earned that right to an extent because it has been the most competitive compared with other European leagues, right? Because you've had Blackpool come up and finish sixth. You've had Ipswich come up and finish fifth. You know, so 
although it was a breakaway league, it kept the fundamentals about what sport is, is that success and victory is earned for the most part and defeat and subpar performances are punished in terms of relegation and all the rest of it. We don't even have that. Because what they want to move to, what what it needs, what they want is is the same. Is like I said, this is to have cake and eat it too, and and what they're going to be faced with now is the Premier League won't be able to kick them out. It, it's not they, it can't because it's going to affect too many other things across across the across the pyramid. I think we might see a phasing. There might be a phasing in of the Super League or something. I'm not sure, but it's. Yeah, it, it's, what, the Premier League was, was the start of it, but the, the Premier League had the fundamentals, and then it was a question of, well, then you argue around that, which is fine. This hasn't got the fundamentals. It's like yeah, Frankenstein, just... Frankenstein's monster, isn't it? They didn't know what they were creating until it's created. And now they've created six Frankenstein's monsters, and they're f- fucking shit up, going around and smashing people over the place because <laughs> they're too big and strong and no one can stop them. And and they, yeah. don't, you, you don't, they, don't, they didn't know what they were creating, but they have created... Uh, was what is um, potentially something that could disrupt. And I don't think we're being too dramatic. That's the scary thing here. Right. We're saying mental stuff, and it doesn't feel like we're being dramatic about what could possibly happen here. Sorry, John, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, to, to sort of piggyback on Al's point about the sort of the fundamentals, like if you think about the Premier League and the Champions League, for example, right, they're, they're not completely fundamentally different. In other words, you had Division One and then you had a pyramid system. So the Premier League basically is a rebadging of what used to be Division One to make the Premier League. And then you create the championship, like League One and League Two. So the system is the same. You still get relegated into the top flight of English football and you can be relegated out of it. And the champions of the top division still are the champions of England and all that stuff, right? And then the Champions League, in the same way as the European Cup, is all right, you extend it to rather than just the teams that win the league to like the next couple down. But essentially, it's the same principle. The top teams in the leagues across Europe compete in a cup competition to use the best. This is not like anything else. This is basically going, we decide. So it's not based on, and again, I think this is one of the things that's really important. Do not fall into the trap. Like I know everyone that listens to this podcast is Spurs, right? But if you're having conversations <laughs> with fans, or friends of yours who are fans of other clubs, don't don't try to turn this into, well, I'm a Nottingham Forest fan. Why are you in it? Because we've won European Cups. That does not matter to the people that have built this because it's not built on footballing logic. And that's my biggest problem with it. It's designed basically on the top 10 or top 12 richest clubs who want to get richer. And that's my issue with, with this whole idea and this whole concept of it is because they've just decided to create this like franchise-based, completely separate competition, and they do not care what happens to English football. But I love the fact that we could potentially win a league and then could potentially, as a result of that, like see Kane break records or... They don't care about any of that stuff. None of that's important to them. They would happily tomorrow rip up the Carabao Cup final never be in the Champions League again, never have a chance to win in the FA Cup, never win the Premier League, and never win this fucking European Super League. Just be in it. That's it. I don't want that. I couldn't give a shit about that. I would rather us be left out of that European Super League. And to Al's point, if there was a a way where those clubs do just go on their own, English football is just left to get along with it, all right, it might not be as attractive when you're not getting the North London derbies or Man United-Liverpool... But that league will become incredible, which is why the championship is the fourth most attended football uh, division yeah. in Europe. 
more than <laughs> more than France, I think, more than like Spain. More people go to see championship football than those top flight leagues. There's a reason for that because this country values proper football and they will go and support their clubs regardless. So I think there is also a chance that whilst the game as we know it might die, uh, Phoenix arises from this could actually be proper football. And also a lot of, of supporters of clubs who will leave their club because they have no choice We'll start following lower league teams, and they'll get they'll get joy and value out. Of that. Or, or there'll be some a, 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 an AFC Tottenham or something like that that, that, that yeah. someone someone can follow. But it's um it's difficult. Sorry, it's difficult. The, yeah, go. the the game the game itself will will survive, right? Because it because it it has to. There's no there's no other ways about it. The demand the demand's too high from from the other numbers outside outside of that six, right? But, but what happened? I just want to look at it. I have some, not sympathy is the wrong word, but I have the position that particularly Tottenham and probably probably the Scum as well are in is that it might have got to a point. This isn't a defense on a morality side of things, but I'm just talking from a business side of view. It might have got to a point <laughs> where the, the Madrid, Barcelona, you know, United and Liverpool in particular have got to this point where, look, lads, this is happening. Whether it's now or two years time, this this is happening, and and if that's going to happen, as a as a as a business, then Tottenham, particularly Tottenham and Arsenal, they have to have, as a business have to be in it, because of the the investment, particularly with that both clubs have made within within infrastructure, within stadium, you know, and and wanting to be able to them to push on, they they have to be in it. So I I I don't I understand it from from that side of things. But there then comes a point now where where they have to accept these clubs. I mean, we've seen all the stuff from Liverpool today, from Eye on the Cop and Spirit of Shankly stuff about removing the banners from the from the stands for for the weekend's game. You know, that the, they're going to have to be a point where those fans now, us as fans now, okay, we're going to lose them because we think that we'll be able to get the next generation and a new generation of fans will come will come in. The bums on seats. Well, not matter. I mean, who's going to go travelling away every week into Europe? It's not going to no, happen. It, it doesn't matter. The, the match they go and find is not is nowhere near in, in consideration here. No, exactly, and that's where that's where the disconnect is because fifty percent of the revenue for almost every single club in the second in the lower half of the championship down rely on that fifty percent of their income coming from match going fans, yeah. and the other rest of it is just scraped together from everything else that comes from the league. That will be gone. So. It might work in both ways. I mean, maybe it would work. Maybe there'll be more people going to these lowly games, and they, you know, and they'll make up that shortfall because more people are going to those games. I don't know, but my 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 main worry is the fact of well, where's the competition? There'll be there'll be Tottenham getting spanked every other week by Juventus Madrid, you know, bottom side, bottom second bottom of these of this Super League. That's not fucking fun. Then you'll go into the Premier League. We'll probably stay in the Premier League, but what will happen is we won't be in the FA Cup. That's for sure, and we won't be in the League Cup. That will not happen. You will not. There's no way they will let you in. Those top six will be in the FA Cup or the League Cup. Not a chance. And so what you end up with is is a Premier League where you know oh we got we got Real Madrid, we got Madrid on um, on Wednesday. Oh we got Burnley this Saturday. Suddenly there's a few kids in there. Suddenly there's a a few rotations going on. And and that just devalues then the level of Premier League because they don't have to worry about finishing fourth. There was once. Um... There was once a mysticism about playing a European tie and it's been devalued by the Champions League and it's changed because of um, it's changed because of how much football you see on the telly and how saturated the game is now in the media saturation. 
But the, any any kind of mystique, like even like a few years ago when we beat Real Madrid at, at, at Wembley, was one of the most magical nights. It was absolutely wonderful. That's gone. That's gone. The North London derby means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. That isn't. It's not even worth talking about if the only time you play each other is in a in a Super League comp, comp conversation. Tottenham yeah. Hotspur as a concept of as, as as coming out of North London and an area specific to. Um, to, to to the football club and the boys that formed it is irrelevant. They'll take the name Tottenham, but it will n- have no relevance to our foundation. Oh, yeah, all. location will mean nothing now. They might as well. They might as well be. You might as well have home games in in Leon. I'll take you back to the formation of where we are right now in eight, nine, uh, 1983 when Irvin Scholler was our our manager. Uh, he, he became known for a number of innovations in the commercialization of clubs, such as stocking, uh, stock, such as floatiness in the stock market in October '83. Innovations that were copied by other football clubs. He was instrumental in pushing for higher fees paid by television companies for rights to broadcast football matches. The financial imperative would eventually lead to the formation of the Premier League, with Tottenham one of the five prime movers who pushed for its formation. We started this. And it's nothing to be proud of. We started it. We were the first club in Europe in Europe to become a PLC. And almost every club followed it. And it, it essentially removed, it circumnavigated an FA rule, which meant that membership, there needs to be voting rights for members of the football club. And that's why we're client, we're client reference number and not members anymore. We're only ever members in, in a tokenistic sense since 1983. But it's yeah. our fault. We're a major, major part of this problem. And if if... While the fans, it's not their fault, it's not our fault. If something happens, if, if the club is sanctioned because of this move and they try and force it and there is this some sort of civil war in the Premier League and then sanctions in, in Europe and, and players potentially being banned for playing in the Champions League if the clubs are there or if international football, as UEFA and FIFA have mentioned, you know, that, 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 club, that clubs could even be kicked out of the Champions League on Friday. And PSG mm-hmm. be given it, Poch picking up his second trophy in three months um, because of this. Uh, it it would almost be just. It would be the right thing because I what think- they're doing has nothing to do with fans and us. It has nothing to do with uh, with people that love the club. It's about eyes, wherever they come from in the world. Where it doesn't matter if they support Tottenham. It does not matter if they... We're not talking about Spurs fans in America or, or China or whoever watching Spurs and, and subscribing and getting up at 2am or whatever it is. They just want eyes on the fixture, regardless of who you support. Um, uh, yes, fuck. The, and the, the thing is, you mentioned like about about um, the stock exchange and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not against innovation in, in football. You know, times change, you know, things change. I, I, you know, the, it's... That's that's one of those things that 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 can happen, and I'm and I'm I'm for that. I'm for innovation within how the game is 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 run. But you know, and you've also seen that you know that the, the Premier League has grown into this mark because of that. You know, we're fans of Tottenham. You know, I'm particularly me. I mean, I was born in '86, so you know, I'm a fan of Tottenham. You know, partly because of the Premier League. You know, so it's. I don't always necessarily want to look back and heart back and go, well, this was this was wrong, and it was you know you can't just not change, you know, and, and just trust that the game will develop on its own. It need there needs to be stimuli. No, I agree. I agreed, but if you yeah. look at uh, Dortmund and uh, Bayern Munich, are all 50, 50 plus one owned by yeah, fans. Yeah. Both, no, neither of those, they're very financially successful football clubs that do things in a different way that are not part of this Super League because they can't be. 
because they, yeah. they were never commercialised in the same way that Tottenham was and the rest of, of the Premier League yeah, and which, the English football was. So there was other ways, just we went the easiest. Yeah, which I completely understand and, and I agree with you. I'm just, I'm just saying that uh, I'm kind of laying that foundation, but I don't think, you know, fans will take a lot. You know, to see where there's so many people at a point today that are that would be willing to say, you know what, if that happens, I'm probably done. You know, that's 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 the scariest part of it. And and I am at, like Tottenham is 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 disgusting. But I to to a point, I bear I barely understand it from a business point of view. It's it's not it's unsurprising and it's disgusting that they don't even like we're when us and our enjoyment and our experience of of the, of the game that we not created, but we own, essentially, um, is, is gross. But I'm absolutely, genuinely disgusted in, the, in Manchester United and Liverpool, particularly Manchester United. I, I have a, when we joke about it, but I have a bit of a soft spot for Manchester United. I think they're a proper football club in terms of, in terms of how they run and, 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 and come from working people. They've had a team, you know, they've had a, a, a team die in 1954 for play, to play in Europe, you know, and, and to completely take that away uh, it, it enrages me. Like I, I don't like Liverpool, and everyone knows that. I don't. I'm not a fan of City, either. but, but again, they're another part of it. Particularly those two clubs in that part of the country with that culture and that history. To to complete, it's genuinely upsetting. Genuinely, like I didn't think I'd be as bothered as I was this morning by it, but particularly Manchester United and Liverpool. Is is genuinely upsetting. What and Spurs isn't? <laughs> yeah, it is. But I just mean there's there's a you know Spurs have had it has its own kind of makeup. You know, Skarma, you know the original franchise club. Nothing surprises me about that. But you know, Tottenham has moved towards this side, and I, I think there's a thing about London, and I don't know. I just think that Northern part thing. I just United and Liverpool in particular is. I'm just I'm just really I don't. Know, I'm just really disappointed. Like the last little bits of faith that you have in something that involves your entire life is kind of just kind of swept away. And it's, and it's just, and it's not just football. Like it's all very well saying, do you know what, if I'm done, you know, we talked in the group this morning, like, you know, what, if this happens, then I'm probably done with Spurs. But then that completely erases a cha- massive element, parts of the chapters of your life. My uncle is like a second father to me. I was his best man at his wedding. He's my, he's my godfather. I'm God child to his child you know, that's we've had the relationship we've had because we both supported Tottenham you know it's partly the reason why my relationship with him is different from my me and my father you know and and to have the reason I whole moved the only reason I moved to London was to be able to closer to go and watch Tottenham the whole reason that I'm friends with you you seven eight nine of you boys who are my best mates who are practically my family now is that are you are there because of Tottenham and and so to walk away from that isn't just about one of those things. They they, they forget about everything else that goes with it. Like I said, it's, it's they don't upset. give a shit. They don't give a shit. No, and and that's the thing is I've been thinking today is what do we do? Like what do we do? Like I know you like everybody's going to be suffering here, but what well, there is no podcast, right? There is the, the fighting cock is is not necessary. Like and obviously it's become it's become my living. It's what I do, and I love it, and I'm so thankful for it. But what is is there one if we're chucked out of the league, or if we're? How can you talk so openly and 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 favourably about your football club and the wonderful players you've got when you know it's come from a power grab and a money grab? Um, I don't know, man. Some ideas. 
Got some ideas, Flav. Got some ideas. Go on then. What I reckon is, yeah, if they so there's talk about they're going to try and stop transfers and all that. If that doesn't happen, and like Al says, we're still in the Premier League, right? Everyone's going. Well, what's the point of Spurs being in this group? They're going to be the whipping boys, but they're missing the obvious. They're missing the elephant in the room here, which is that we're going to get an equal share of that 350 million quid or whatever it is, like one point something billion a season. Finish bottom in the Super League. All the like clubs that are in there, they're going to be concentrating on that. We'll go back to the Premier League with a shitload of sugar boy players and fucking smash it. 110 points easily. <laughs> so we, we're getting it wrong. Go into the Super League to be brilliant in the Premier League while they've taken their eye off the ball, mate. It's a simple, flawless plan. Yeah. Um, sell our soul to the devil and then then we get everything we want-ish. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, even if you do win it now, and you, you know you've got 300... The thing is, it makes no difference, really, us being in this league because there's... All the teams that are going to beat us to the league every year, as they have done, apart from Leicester, are in the competition as well, getting the same amount but of money. It, but this is what's laughable, right? And, and I've talked about it before with uh, this, you know, I was, because of, of, of something that I was involved with, with a, um, a sponsorship thing within football. And I, and I got, I, I remember this vividly, it got presented to me in terms of the commercial numbers and revenues in every sort of type of commercial aspect you could think of shirts, TV. <laughs> you know, just fan numbers, you know, engagement, whatever it might be, of the top six in every region of the world, right? Tottenham were bottom of every single one, apart from Asia, where we were fifth out of the sixth, right? And and the gap between us and then the top three, basically United, Liverpool and Chelsea, was absolutely colossal, right? And then the gap between Chelsea to Liverpool was colossal. And then the gap to Liverpool, from Liverpool to Manchester United was double colossal. Right. If Manchester United kick off at four o'clock on a Sunday against anyone, could be against eleven of us, they will have ten times more people watch them than the Super Bowl. Right. So <laughs> it doesn't hurt. That's, that's and that's a fact, right? Yeah. So so us moving into here, oh, we got all this money, we can suddenly compete, they're gonna get exactly the same fucking money. Right? We're not so competing. They, this isn't, isn't it? It's like you're right. It's not. We're not doing this to compete. We're doing we're this because up. what we're doing, what we're doing, it. We're not. This is this is creating a gap. Businesses. It's not to catch it. It's to make sure that we never ever fall out of the uh, out of the pocket. There's a, there's a tiny little hole in the pocket, but we're making sure we're just fat enough to make sure that we don't fall out of it. And what's right. the point yeah. if that is the case? Like yeah. it means yeah. we can we can never fail and we'll never succeed. We'll just sit in the, in 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 a, a weird sort. To dare, to dare is to do. To dare is to do is fuck all because you're not daring to do shit. What no. you what you're doing is you're sitting there like a fat little sow, right? And someone's dug a tiny little hole underneath you, waiting for you to fall through it, but you're never going to. You're just sat there eating wheat pellets and apples. <laughs> in, a, in a perpetual cycle of misery, where once every so often someone hands you a brown envelope with a load of cash and you just go, yeah. thanks or very much. I call, I don't... Yeah, or as I call it, Friday night now. Yeah. Someone, oh. someone close to us, I won't say who, said... It's nice to be involved, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it goes. Everyone's losing their heads, but it's it's, it's all right, isn't it? It's, it's good to be invited. It's good. At least we're in the conversation. I've, I've seen some. I have seen some great memes. That office memes today of uh, Spurs and Arsenal turning up to the Super League, and then it's just Brent going, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake! Um, <laughs> the thing is, is the. The, the the some of the teams that are on the Brent side of that meme earn significantly less than Tottenham do, and that's what's mad about it. Like we're tenth, Arsenal are eighth, Chelsea are sixth, 
then it goes Liverpool, Manchester City, and, and Man United in the top top uh, you know six of the top ten. Around value of the club, so that yeah. takes into infrastructure and all the rest of it. it. Doesn't necessarily mean what's kind of coming in every year because we would be bottom of that list every time. Not true. Not true because we 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 had fifty one million pounds more revenue than Arsenal did this year. So Arsenal would be bottom, would be second bottom. But well, I'll take your point. <laughs> You've got to take your wins where you can, Alex. Yeah. Let's not give yeah. them everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we've done this. We don't want it. <laughs> We're not happy about yeah. it. Please, let something happen. Well, look, let's, look, there is there, there are threads to hold on to, right? Because there will probably be government involvement at some point. There will be... You've had Arsene Wenger out today saying that he, he genuinely does think it's, it's, not, it's, it's a strong posture... And it's something that will that will maybe happen inevitably. I think we're going to have to resign ourselves to that, but that there will be something kind of done last minute. Um, I know Simon Jordan is not everyone's cup of tea, but when it comes to this type of stuff, he knows his you know he knows his onions on that type of thing. And and from what from when I listen to him, it does sound like you know there's well, what else are the clubs meant to do in terms of um, in terms of posture? If this is their way of thinking, and as disgusting as it is then this is the only way to do it. And the fact that they all made that statement together as well last night means that, you know, this is a discussion that has been, you know, ongoing. I think it's further along than perhaps any of us thought. I'm really surprised by the, the resignations at the US, um, the UCA today. That was that was a bit like, oh, Jesus. What, and then what, the explain what that means. Sorry, go on. The, the European um, Club Association is essentially the... You know, it's the meeting point essentially for, for 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 all these teams, and it's where you're then binded into certain rules and how things, how changes are made within UEFA and and that type of stuff. Um, and they've just resigned. You know, they've removed their membership from those commissions. The club, all it's, the clubs have. It's like um, it's like some sort of peace treaty, like NATO, and we like we're the baddies, and we've withdrawn from the peace treaty. And said, you know what, well, our guns are bigger yeah. than yours. We, you know, do what but you that's, want. That's a great but we, we will blockade you. We will starve you, and you'll all yeah. you'll be eating each other's children by the end of the next season if you but don't let us make it. What they're saying to you, Afer, is our guns are bigger than your guns. So we're going to ask. What we want is this massive pie, right? Okay, a pie that means you have to take over, bend over, and take everything, right? But what we what we have to hope is that they come back and say, well. Why don't you have you know three quarters of the pie? Don't fuck me, and we'll keep this this bit of the pie, and then we'll talk later. You know that you know that that's what we've got to hope is going to happen. I, there's been some voices from people who I who I think you know you would like to think that know that type of stuff that have said that they still don't feel that it will go ahead yet at least, and then that's just, that's just what we have to hope. If they do go, um, if they do like push through with, there's going to be no transfers. You're going to get kicked out of all of the competitions, including your domestic leagues. You can't, players that play in the Super League can't compete for their countries or any UEFA competition. That makes it impossible because every single player, well, not every single player, but every player that gives a shit about any of that, which there will be a fair few who care about playing for their country still, even in modern football times, they'll all hand in transfer requests. And then what happens then? Like, will there be legal cases about, well, you're not allowed to leave because we can't make transfer. It'll be an absolute shit show. So but they have to... from both sides, John, because there's going to be legal messes all over the place. You've got Andrew Herrera. I mean, PSG have, have said that they're not in it yet. But, you know, I, I, I assume that will, that will change at some point. But you've got people like Andrew Herrera coming out saying, I want no part of this. So, you know, say then PSG go into it, you know, has... You know, and the Herrera might be his contract will then be different. Every contract will have to be renegotiated. 
So he could then be in breach of contract if he refuses to play in this type of stuff. There'll be legal messes all over the shop. Yeah, and it worked the same with players. If they're getting basically forced into a position where they can't play for their club, they might be able to take like lawsuits. Mm. Then you get into a situation where the PFA go, right, it's a class action lawsuit against this entire group. Like, it, it will be a shitstorm. I heard um, comments on Sky Sports just now saying uh, a source like on one of the boards of one of the clubs, the six clubs in in, uh, in England, basically said like this is not a cold war this is a nuclear war and there will be a really bad fallout whatever happens and it's kind of like yeah i totally agree with that i think whatever happens now the genie is at the ball and we're going to see no end of discontent from fans up and down the country and this will go on and on and on i mean imagine there were fans in the ground i mean that's why they've done it presumably now right just to kind of stop that but as soon as we're allowed in people aren't going to forget that and it's just going to be it's just going to carry on and on and on. I don't know how long that's going to take to recover if it does go away for the short term because it will come back. It will keep coming back. They clearly want it. And I don't know what the end game is here because you can you, you make certain concessions, right, to these clubs and say, okay, fine, you get a bigger slice, you do this, you do that. Then they'll come back in, in five years and go, oh, right, right, we're leaving again. So it never Flav, what ends. Do you, Flav, what do you reckon will be the... Do you reckon that there would be... Because I can't see how people could go and go, right, I'm going to buy a season ticket now. Between now and June, I mean, what what do you what do you think will happen? On do you think people would? We've always said, oh, people are still buy their season tickets. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, that we that we will sell every season ticket that's available because we we are very angry and we've got a podcast and, and uh, uh, you know people listen listen and we think every we're really important and right. I mean, that's not necessarily true, but you know that's how people think they view us. I think. Um, but you know, most people just want to watch the football. All right, that sounds far away. Like if I've got football to watch in August, I've been been able to go football with my family and friends. And you talked about it, um, Alex. It's so much more yeah. than the club. That, that if they te- they'll take a season of it, if they think if that's all we've got, then of course they will. They will. We'll see. We'll see. But that's my gut. I don't feeling. know. I, just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just think from you know, I've spoken to like lots of people. You know, just I mean, just people that I speak to, you know, people at work and customers and stuff that I've seen. And these are people that some are mental football fans, some are casual, some are, you know, uh, love it, but, you know, it's not their life, you know. And, and, and almost everyone to a man has just been like, oh, I mean, what is the point? I, I just wonder whether this would be the, the straw. I don't know. Oh, don't know. I mean, I think it'd be a straw if, uh, if there wasn't regular domestic football to be played. Mm. I think if, if, if Spurs were forced out of the Premier League, then that would be significant because it, you remove, again, Spurs aren't the most important thing in supporting Tottenham, right? So, so much of your, the game often just gets in the way. So if you remove every element about that for the fans that go there, they'll stop going and stop supporting. And, and they, certainly, like if you've, all we've got, if, if it's 12 leagues, 12, 12 teams, and it's just that's all it is, a Super League, and you play each other four teams. So you play an Arsenal four teams a season, Real Madrid four times a season. You get, end up with the same, what would that be, 38 games? Is that the same as, a, I don't know if what my maths are right, right but it would be enough to fulfil a, a season. But it would be like in Scotland where you're playing the same teams over again. I think that would be the final straw. But if there's domestic football in the Premier League, there'll be no boycott. Certainly not in a club in London. Maybe, maybe in Liverpool they might be able to get it off the ground, but not in a... A typical old capitalist um, city that we live in. Do you know what I mean? It's just we're not built that way. Um, and do you know what? We're not surprised. You're not surprised. We talked about nearly for an hour for this. We have to come on to Jose Mourinho, but um, it's what- mental, isn't it? That's happened. We have <laughs> Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. Jose Mourinho's been sacked, and it's the second story that we're talking about. 
Um, just one thing about football. Um, there's some reports that came out in February 23rd that revealed that 6,500 migrant workers have died in Qatar since they, they were awarded the World Cup. That's not 6,500 people have died on World Cup site, um, much less than that. But but um, it, it, that's that's what football is. If you have money, they right, it went to Russia, it then went to Qatar... And now we're shocked that this is, uh, uh, you know, why aren't we up in arms about Qatari World Cup? We're all going to watch it, aren't we? We're going to watch England, the Qatari World Cup, all of us. So we're all fucking hypocrites. And sometimes the chickens come home to roost. And we'll be forced to to suffer the consequences of our inaction. (laughs) Also, just quickly, one last thing on this, this topic. I saw a meme today that was absolutely perfect, which is like, have you noticed today how like UEFA uh, and the FA have literally been all over sanctions, like sanctions, this club's going to be banned from this, banned from that, banned from that. Where were they when players were getting racially abused? Mm. Exactly. Bad exactly. clubs, kick them out of the league. You can do it. You obviously give a shit when it's, about, when it's going to hurt your pockets. And I don't care less. So I know we, we briefly touched on it, but I do not feel sympathy for the Premier League or UEFA. This is, this is the chance yeah. coming home to roost for them as well. Not and they need, they need to realise that they, that they are... Part of this problem and they've helped create it and also they they should not be given the credit of having some sort of moral back, uh, backbone or like any sort of like moral fortitude in this on this regard like they are also equally as um to blame for this Probable, whole yeah 100 without without a, sh- a shadow of a doubt anyway we've got uh we got a uh, tweet in from harlem spurs so would you rather be in a super league no no shit wrong one wrong one wrong one fuck off missed it where is it <laughs> this, this was supposed to be a wonderful segue to Jason, Jose Seamless. and I've, I've we'll just pretend it never happened well, surely, it's, it. surely it's would you rather be in a Super League or have Jose as your manager no it's much funnier than that Alex it was, it was much better than that that's I mean okay. it is fundamentally yeah. is that and I'm stalling for time because I, I desperately want to read it out oh fuck you alright whatever Jose mina has gone in here yeah <laughs> happy Alex uh do you know what? Every time. It was so oh, I've got it. I've got it. Alex, stop. I've got it. I've got it. I found it. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so, you know, just, you know, it's terrible news anyway. We've got a great question in from Leroy. He says, uh, Does anyone else feel like their missus has told you that she's cheating on you uh, only to make you a fucking banging spag bowl in sacking Mourinho? Telling <laughs> you that she still loves you. The club have done something bad, really bad, but then they've done something good by sacking Jose Mourinho. I've never known a more unpopular manager at Tottenham ever. I don't think more more so than than him. It's amazing. I tell you what, it's amazing the disconnect between what Tottenham fans are feeling, whether you were there early doors or whether you've come there relatively late. The ama- the disconnect I've heard on on media today, you know, on on broadcast media between where they feel, where they think Jose Mourinho was at with with fans compared to where it is. I it's, I, I genuinely it's baffled me, but. Um, yeah, today was just mental because like it's always on. I had so much on this morning, <laughs> and then like I, I saw it was uh, windy that broke it to me, and I was like, oh my god, what? Um, and then I saw that, and then obviously everyone having a conversation about this, about the Super League. And it was just like I, I've got to do stuff. I can't I can't talk about this right now. Um, so I've just been stewing on it all day. But uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the broadcast media said second him a week before a final was crazy, and I'm just like, well. Have you not been watching like for the last four months? Like it's, it, there was there was no chance. It's already well I'm saying. Oh yeah, you know, Jose Mourinho knows how to win a final. He hasn't won a big game for for God knows how long. You know, so this is and this is a bigger one of a lot. So I mean, there is an argument that 
perhaps it's a bit foolhardy knowing that while yeah it does seem like everything was completely fucked and he couldn't really salvage imagine this situation trying imagine trying to sack him after he's won a cup and, well this is it that's what i was going to get to is that did, did, did daniel levy and this is almost worse this is almost worse than the super league is that did daniel levy sack him just in case we won the cup yeah maybe because he wouldn't be able to sack he would have to wait to the end of the season which would give him less time to plan for whoever's coming in next um yeah well, i mean overall i'm happy i i wanted him gone now i didn't see the value of once the europa league was gone i did, i genuinely didn't see the value i think we could have kept kind of stuttering and 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 kind of chugging along in the premier league um, as long as we were still in that Europa League, and I, I probably would have still wanted him there because because of the type of competition that that is and the opponents that we would have played, um, and I think that's where we probably lack even more savvy most of the time, you know, within Europe sometimes than than that. And I would have been okay. I'd have said, yeah, all right, let's stay here in the season. But once that was gone, that was I just genuinely didn't see the point. The League Cup final was a ninety minute game. I think I think there's certain players in there that will be up and. Yeah, that's a, that's a cup final. You know, if you're not up for that, the old adage goes, "Then what are you doing here?" You know, it's it, it, and it's going to be pretty simple. The tactics against Man City, you're going to have to sit in and try and break. That probably will be one remnant of Mourinho that won't change in that game. Um, but so I'm glad they've done it. it. It's 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 the right decision. It was also the right decision to bring him in. I felt, as I've said a thousand times, but it was quite evident that I said it. Before, I think he'll leave us 14th and toxic. He said left us seventh and toxic. Um, so that's where it is. I think um, Leroy's uh, question is actually pretty apt because if it wasn't for all this um, like Super League stuff, it would have just been uh, a spag bowl and nothing else. And I'd have been like, this is great. I've got a delicious <laughs> spag bowl. What a great fucking day. <laughs> and my girlfriend um, isn't a cheat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Per- what, 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 I've got a loving girlfriend who's made me a delicious spag bowl, right? But as soon as they slapped in this Europa Super League, it's like, oh, who's your spag bowl? I'm like, fucking get in. What a spag bowl. This is incredible. Have you got any cheese? I haven't, but I've also been shagging another geezer from down the road called yeah. Darren. I haven't got any like, cheese, oh. but I do have chlamydia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cheese, but I do have adultery uh, running yeah. through my veins. So sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's and that's how I've been. I've literally been. I've been and going, oh, you're still thinking about was good. Yeah. You're still thinking about the oh, bad. No. You're giving a spag bowl. Tell her you're cheating. You're still thinking about the bad news, aren't you? <laughs> still thinking about the bad news, aren't you? Yeah. That spag bowl wasn't good enough, and that's what it's been, mate. I've I've gone spag bowl. That was good, and then gone ah, oh, but she's still cheating on me though. That is annoying, and that's how I've been all day because, you know, we've said um, numerous times over the last 17 months since he's been here. I wanted him to do well at the beginning. I didn't really want him to come in the first place, but he was here. I wanted him to be successful because he was our manager. He was doing all right for a little bit. We were top and we were flying and me and you particularly, Fab, were really enjoying that and riding that wave. Um, but I think from the beginning and even before he was with us, I think it was clear to everyone that his approach to football and, I mean, it's always a bit cringe, but like the Tottenham way or the way that we as fans perceive the club and the way that we want to play football was never going to be compatible. And I think what we were all prepared for is to say, okay, fine, if he wins something, it's worth it. And as soon as we started seeing that we can't, we weren't even closing out those games, we weren't doing what we, what he was hired to do, which is we don't care if he's like ugly football and backs against the walls. If we if we get through that Zagreb game and we're still in the Europa League and we're working towards a final, we end up winning it. I think we'd have gone, okay, cool. Like that wasn't... The way that we wanted to win it, but we have got that monkey off our back, and we've got trophies, 
you know, in the trophy cabinet. But it wasn't working. Like, he wasn't winning games and it was ugly, horrible football that we weren't enjoying. And he's, you know, separating the squad. He's, he's making fractures with popular players. It was with that. The fans. It was definitely that. That was that was this kind of final thing for me. That exactly. because in this season, in this season, we have been top of the league for four weekends on a bounce. That has never happened in our history of our Premier League. We slapped Manchester City six one. We beaten Man United. We beaten Arsenal. Got to the final of a cup competition for the first time since actually there was the Champions League. Probably outweighs that a little bit. But it, it just it felt like for parts of this season, although the football wasn't attractive, that we were on the way to getting our toe over the line. Finally, um, which at the time I, can't, I couldn't understand why anyone else couldn't get on board with it. I got it that, you know, the football wasn't great, but it was working. The results were coming. And obviously we know the narrative. They, they, they dried up. The results started drying up and I was willing to forgive them all. Right. I was willing to like to just say, look, it's not the right way, but let's just see how this plans. It's got a contract. Let's see what happens. And then. You hear the, 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 you could see the cracks forming, the way he was talking about players, and then finally that comment about the same manager, different players is just like at that point I was like, it's done, it's, <coughs> it's absolutely done. But there was some bullshit going out on Twitter about people saying that 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 Pochettino got sacked for less than less than um, than uh, Jose Mourinho. That's that's nonsense. We were much worse under under Pochettino. In no, that, in I, that. I, I genuinely don't believe that. Well, they, yeah. they, you can't, you can't argue it, Alex. I, I'd, I'd like to hear how you can argue that because getting slapped There's a seven. Between, well, it depends on what. It depends. If you're looking at, 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 okay, well, yeah, all right, fine. If you're looking at simple stats and stuff, but there well, was not simple there stats. We're talking about result results of of, of what's is, happening on the pitch, not stats. But we've just um, talked about. But we've just talked about. You know, we we talk about the fact that it's not not everything is about that. If you base everything around that, then this is the situation that you end up in. But people were saying, I'm talking about, I'm replying to the tweet that when someone said, well, yeah, but I'm not mentioning anything else other than someone said that Mourinho, uh, Pochettino got sacked for less than what Mourinho was delivering. And that's not true. That is not true. Well, it's delivering in one sense. If if that tweet is as, as specifically said in terms of, in terms of delivering, you know, in terms of numbers, and that type of stuff, and then all right, fine, okay. But <laughs> what, no, results, not, points. This, uh, this football club is in the worst now after Mourinho has left than when it was when Pochettino left. Yeah, hundred percent. But that's not that's that's not what I was talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, uh, it's like we feel much worse off now than we did when Pochettino left, for sure. I'm just saying that it, it, it's not on results that. The, the, you know that's what the tweet was saying. Oh, it, there, there was this rose-tinted view of what what life was like under Pochettino. It was fucking shit in the last six months of his career, I suppose. Um, the, the difference, though, Flo, I would say, is like the um, the credit in the bank. I don't, and I don't want to dwell on the Poch thing because it's like he has gone, we have moved on, we've we've even gone through another manager. But, but I'm saying uh, is, he's like seventeen months later, people are still talking about Pochettino. And that's I what's get it. it but- I think that that's because it buys in, it buys into the the reason that we are now at this point, which is that mm-hmm. Poch had built something that wasn't just results. He also happened to get results. We got much better under his stewardship. The first sign of any trouble is not a right. I'm back in Poch, so we need to listen to him. And he, he did say you know, quite publicly there needs to be a rebuild here with this squad. Right? We've now seen that Jose is definitely accountable for some, but there's definitely inadequacies in that squad. Poch saw it 
And the only person that didn't see it was Levy. So what should have happened is he should have said, right, we're going to stick with Poch regardless. So you either play for him or you're gone. Like that's that's the way it is. We're sticking with him for what he has done and delivered for this club. Because the value of what he was bringing, aside from that awful points tally that he had that season, was much more. No, no one really was calling for his, to be, him to be sacked. I don't, I don't remember any of us going, he's got to go. People were like, oh, if it carries on and this isn't great and this is the lowest ebb. No one was calling for him to be sacked. I don't remember a single person saying I mean, he needs to go tomorrow. I no one. Not- I think people were. I, I, think, I, 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 think people, I, even, people I even said it on this podcast that he's got to go. I don't think like, you said he's got to go. I think you were saying, like, if this carries on, he may have to go or is this, you know, is this the moment where he goes? And that's only informed on what happens in football. You don't win for like half not even half a season quarter of a season you have to go why you don't you shouldn't we should actually we should have stuck with him we didn't and now i think the reason why people are saying like well like jose's gone for for like less than Poch because Poch had all of that in the bank and jose managed to stick around for all that time despite not having that and despite offering up if Poch had done his first season like what Mourinho's delivered he would have gone way earlier than this Jose survived based on his reputation and that alone. It's been and no, fan, and no fans being. I and mean, no we have to fans. accept that this, this period has been different. You know that maybe maybe that would have changed. And I, I, I disagree. But I think I'm with Flav. You know, I, I remember. You know, we did a, a round robin call, didn't we? Uh, like of everyone, what, what all of us thought about what Poch had to go. And there were definitely some people within us that said, you know, that he's, that he's got to go. And, and I, I think this it, is it, it just wasn't as vehement but, as what you what what's happened now with Jose as all, but. But, yeah, but what's yeah. what's what's happened now is, and you have to and you have to take your lumps on this, whether you whether you whether you like it or not, you know. And I understand why people don't want to hear it. But he's been, but Pochettino has been proved unequivocally right in terms of what was felt needed. We saw in a documentary about Steve Hitchin talking about, um, you know, the fact that this squad has been together for a long period of time, and that's what we want to do. And we feel that that's where the benefit comes. I think now, looking back on it, my my opinion is that that's where the fundamental dis, dis you know disconnect would have been in the fact of why well, I, I don't think Poch would have wanted that I think he would have said right no this is where we need to make changes and I want to cut this cloth now um, and I think the club looked at it and went no you know our, our aim is that these guys stay together a long period of time and then we sprinkle bits on top and if you can't manage that then we'll bring someone in that can manage the sprinkling bits um, and, and, it, and it's and it's not worth like I said to you I understand why he was brought in I, at that point now what's ironic is that now a week before a cup final if, and if it hadn't been Josie Mourinho before if Josie Mourinho is available now I'd say go get him for, for till the rest of the season so yeah, yeah it's it's mental really um, so we uh, we move on to uh, Ryan Mason <laughs> he's now yes. our manager apparently and Christy Powell Christy Powell mate big big Powell dog Apparently, Powell. he had a season ticket at Spurs even when he was playing for Charlton. So he's a proper. He did, yeah. No, no, this he's is proper. true. Uh, no, I understand. Um, but you, you know he's there because he's got coaching bags. Otherwise, it'd be illegal for Ryan Mason to. Well, why don't we just Ryan? What make Chris Powell the bloody manager? <laughs> What's Ryan Mason done to, uh, to, to, to 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 not that not backing him? Of course, hopefully, fucking does brilliantly. Hope he hope he wins the cup on on Friday. Uh, sorry, on Sunday and guides us to a top four finish. Do your badges, make your manager, whatever it is, of course. But it just, um, it's just, it's, it, it, let's say what it is. And, and it is just, it's just the stopgap until we can get the, the right man through the door. Who is that right man, do you think, guys? Who would you like in an ideal world and who do you think will come? 
I don't know. And I said this on the pod the other day. I don't. I don't know enough about Nagelsmann. There's people whose opinion I trust, who seem to think that that's the that's the way to go. Great. Um, you know, Bayern obviously haven't got a manager. What's You know, would he want? Would he rather just go there? Um, don't know. Well, they've come out. Yeah, RB, RB Leipzig have said that they don't want they they want they don't want him to go to Bayern Munich. They would. He's still under contract. There is a. Seventh. I think. I think like all of the noises have been about Nagelsmann. So let's. I, I assume that it probably will be. Uh, and that that does that feels me. So I like young managers. I like you know, and I like he to to try and have some belonging with someone who whose philosophy I can get on board with and whose and whose personality I can get on board with. That might be that might be naive. That might be completely wrong for what you should want for your football club but I, I i like that and that's why that's why i was so connected with pochettino it's why i was kind of connected with abb because i felt like there was a point to prove and we were kind of all in the same boat a little bit you know i had that not anywhere near the same amount but i was starting to feel that connection with AB, abb and that's what i want from my manager and i, I think i you know nagsman looks like someone i could i could have that with you know brendan rogers is not someone i feel i could have that <laughs> that connection with um and this is just me talking very, very personally about what I what I want from a manager. So, you know, and I, so I, I was with talking to some Leicester fans today, actually, and they and they are absolutely terrified that 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 Rogers will come to us. That you know, it's they were just well, like that would be devastating for us right now. Well, that's so, a positive, isn't it? I mean, that, <laughs> if they are hurting, that's a good thing. Yeah, but so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just going to try and enjoy. You know, whatever happens with Super League and all of this stuff, I'm I'm going to try and just enjoy. You know, I've moaned about not being able to enjoy football and and, and feeling that disconnect. I'm going to make a conscious effort now to try and make sure that I enjoy the last few games of this season of watching watching my club and watching my club in a cup final on Sunday. And we'll, I'll take the rest as it comes and just see what happens. We're going to be previewing the uh, cup final on Friday. Um, God save us and um, you never know, dear. Let's not go into it now though. But I just think I've got a sneaky. Sneaky feeling. <laughs> Little, just something in the back of my head, just going. Do you know what? <laughs> After all this shit this week, do you know what? we could fucking do them? Fucking do them. Playing man. our our own ground of Wembley. Who are they anyway? Man City. Are they that good? Are they that good? Who? Who the do you think you are? I mean. Just imagine two scenarios. One, Doherty scores the winner because it'd just be lulls because he's been utterly garbage all season and he just has he just scores a Stephen Carr rocket, top bins, just out of nowhere. Or even better, 93rd minute, nil-nil, Deli Alley scores, whips off his shirt with with a like photoshopped of like him dogging Jose Mourinho in a car park, uh, just saying like, have some of that. Um yeah. Either of those two scenarios just make me feel very warm and fuzzy inside. And for, just going back to like this this game, I know I don't want to like go too much about it, but I actually much prefer the idea of like Ryan Mason, Ledley, and Chris Powell leading us out. That that is exactly what I was saying before. That's the connection I want. I want people to give a shit about the club to lead the club out. And I know for what for whatever badges he doesn't have, or did he reach the heights in his playing career and all the rest of it? Ryan Mason gives a shit about Spurs. He loves Spurs. And that to me will make me happy that he's like going to be there with his like Spurs suit on, and he's gonna, like it's going to be a great moment for him. I feel connected to him in that moment as someone who has that opportunity, and I'm really looking forward to that now. And I wasn't, and I know that the chances are we we still don't get what we want, but I am now looking forward to that. Whereas before, I was just kind of 
it was just going to be something I had to get through. Now I'm I'm actively looking forward to it. Uh, Glenn Ebury, he says, uh, someone's tweeted. He says the problem isn't um, the problem. This, this probably isn't the more mourning for football fairy tales, but Ryan Mason, who nearly died on the pitch and was forced to retire at the age of 26, leading his boyhood team out as a manager for the for a cup final, feels like it's some sort of antidote to the circus of greed. Mm. Yeah, doesn't spot really. on. Absolutely. I mean, no, I think that's exactly how I feel. I just feel like there's going to be some warm fuzziness, you know, until we're three 0 down. But it, you know, <laughs> there's going to be some warm fuzziness. A feeling of of excitement and going. Do you know what? Fuck it. It's a, it's you know, no one on earth expects us to, to to win really. And this day could end up being a brilliant day that I'm about to, about to have because I could be absolutely smashed watching Ryan Mason, <laughs> Chris Powell, and Ledley King lift up a, a Carabao Cup after beating you know someone who's about to trounce the league. You know that this is that's uh... what football is and everything we've talked about all over the first half of this podcast. Is that us winning that game on Sunday would be the absolute epitome about what everything everyone loves about football in terms of the unexpected and 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 competition, you know, and that would be a great anecdote to end a week of utter shite. Do you um do you want to know what year Ryan Mason was born? Yeah, go on. Nineteen ninety-one. Ryan Mason is twenty-nine years old. That is berserk. I've got one. I've got, I've got one other idea as well. Just like Al's just giving me inspiration there. What we should do because I think how many subs do you get in Carabao? Seven, yeah. Yeah, the same as Premier League. So what I think we should do is we should obviously like just name some absolute banter legends as subs. So that if we are three 0 down, we just make it more like a testimonial. So we have like Gazzas there, um, you know, get get like Stefan Dalmat just for lols, you know, yeah. just like bring on these players and, and we can just like cheer them on. We just make it all right. Like Ledley's there coming on. And then Ledley's <laughs> testimonial. Yeah. yeah. Ledley's testimonial part two, um, the revenge. And we just, yeah, we just go out having a laugh and just make a mockery of the whole thing. <laughs> the revenge. This revenge. time it's personal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Then. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there, boys. Oh. Uh, there's more content coming this week. Uh, we're doing some bits of Patreon as well. So um, as what, what has been an exhaustion, uh, just just a, a, a little thing that might cheer, cheer everyone up. Um, I was doing a podcast, a, a, a gig with a, a reputable um, doesn't matter, right? And they're, they're doing some work with them on a Monday morning, and we've finished this show that we've written and 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 produced, uh, presented. We've had the guests on. We're just about to go into edit, and the news breaks that Jose Mourinho has been sacked. The title <laughs> of this this piece of work, the title of this video, was called "Who's Had the Who's What Manager Has Been the Biggest Flop This Season?" Jose Mourinho, Arteta. Or uh, Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> Literally oh, just finished mate. it, and they were like, "Nah, this is none of this works. This is you have to do it again. We have to come up with a new angle." So today has been an absolute ball. Like, anyway, um, love you, Alex. I love you, John. Thank you for jumping you, on. Uh, this has been um, a, the Fighting Cop podcast, a stressful one for just horrible talking about this stuff. And it, we just want to go back to just watching the football. We just want to go back. Just yeah. watching Spurs play, enjoying the football, not all this bollocks around it. The manager that we all like, you know, Martin Yole, early potch, that kind of feeling to get that back would be wonderful. Don't even give a shit about winning trophies at this point. So what I mean, it's like let's just let's just enjoy it being a Spurs fan again for a while. That would be nice. All right then, take care. I'll speak soon.
Cheers, boys. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel shut Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.